This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Welcome everyone, episode 17 of The Rabbit Hole at Rabbit Hole SEN is where you find us. We're here thanks to tyre power. Get four for three on the old Toyo Passenger and SUV tyres. Your trusted tyre experts. That is Tyre Power, and welcome to you, Tim Watson, former Essendon great, who's been, I don't want to say basking in past glories, but you have been. Welcome. Hello, Gary, and uh, hello to Phyllis, too. Phyllis is the AFL Medico, who, you know, last week I said, does anybody listen to our podcast? She came up to me on Monday at the MCG for Big Freeze at the G and Who? said, yes, yes, I'm listening, I'm listening. Who's Phyllis? She's an AFL medico. So she is the AFL's uh, assigned doctor. Independent. You know, in, one of the independents that goes to all the games and she listens to the podcast. So Welcome. Good. Phyllis, Hello. great to have you. Yeah, I, I think it's Phyllis. <laughs> I hope it's Phyllis. Welcome to you my... You know who we're talking about anyway, if it's not Phyllis. I don't. Well, it is. <laughs> How do I know who it is? <laughs> no, not I don't you. even know who Phyllis is. No, I'm talking to Phyllis. Phyllis. I'm mean. talking now to Phyllis if... Oh, you're not. talking to Phyllis. Yeah, okay. Well, that's confusing, but anyway, well, we can cut Phyllis. that out. <laughs> exactly. And oh, I haven't been this... basking in anything, by the way. Well, you have been, and um, to be fair, had I been fortunate enough to win a premiership, I also would have done what you've been doing and, and just catching up with old mates and talking about how good you were at the time. and um, That's not what you do. What? You don't talk about how good you were. What are you, you talking about? You know, you know the interesting things? You don't relive any moment of the game itself. What did you do at your 1993 well, you Premiership reunion? You talk about everything around it. You talk about you know, the funny things that well, happened. And Give the, us an example. Well, I'm not going to go into it because it's a boring conversation. But You, talk you said at, it was funny. <laughs> I said you talk about <laughs> all the things that happened. Yeah, you talk about the coach and what he said and who he delivered a, a bait well, tell to. Tell me one or, funny thing. <laughs> go on. I don't. I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not in that mode. <laughs> you know, what do you mean you're not in that mode? I'm out of that mode. Who's the funny? I was in that mode of the weekend. Who was the funniest teammate? Who was? Um, we had a lot of funny. Fisher's a funny bloke. He yeah. was a lot of Murph. Yeah. Well, well, you can't say that because you weren't there. I played with. You've Fish. You've only seen a little bit. Of I played them. with Fish. You, you see, people. You take people out of their really comfortable environment. You insert them somewhere else. And they're not necessarily the same funny person because they're not with their peoples. You put them back in their peoples, and everybody assumes a role within that structure. Are you funny in that? In that, with when you're with them, who? With those people, me. Nine, nine, yeah, are you funny? No, no, no. I've never been. All funny. right. Well, let me put this to you. I read this on the weekend that Kevin Sheedy, in his own wacky way, used to do all his motivational stuff. Right. Right. So he has videos, whether it's Debbie Flintoff King or whether it's uh, Duncan Armstrong winning that swim. Archie Moore, the boxer. Right. You can run through a few I of his favourites. They said he played the, the, the lone student who stood in front of the tank at Tiananmen Square. Yes. And he said, this is us. This is the West Coast. No. We're the young bucks. Who was the team you're playing? Carlton. Carlton are the establishment. And that, so he and said, the might of China. Yeah, they're the might. There's the tank, and look yeah. at us. We're the young kids, the students, and and the whole team went up. And he had them right. He had them motivated to the absolute point where they're ready to run down the the race. And then you said, you know what happened to that kid, don't you? They they put him in an envelope and posted him back to his mum and dad. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> a zinger. I did you say that. You went with a zinger before they ran out onto the field because shooting down Kevin Cheedy's great motivation. As the oldest statesman of the team, right. I sensed that there was a little bit of tightness around the group and it was my job to sense the mood yes. and just try and lighten a touch. Or did you sense confusion that no one knew what he was talking about? And there was a touch of that too because he touched on the Chinese and then, we're, we're, then we were the Viet Cong. And Boris Becker. And I think, hang on again, they're not the same person. Boris Buick's going, huh? What? <laughs> so you did tell that joke, didn't you? Well, that was true. That where did you tell that? Where did you? And I love the fact that you lighten the mood because you've got as, to. As we were running out, you have to read the mm. mood. You got to read the room, Gary, and you only you only get the ability to be able to do that with a little bit of experience and sometimes a little bit of maturity. So the and so we're all lined up. Yeah. We're in the race. The race mm. about to run out to play. So in what's, the the grand what's the whisper? Done? And I said, "Hey, remember what." Kevin said inside, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know that bloke that stood in front of yeah. the tank? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, na- they mailed him home in an envelope. So let's not be too brave out there today. Did you get the immediate? And they all laughed. Did, no, there would have been some looking at you going, is the mm. wish telling the joke here or not? Well, they knew what I was like. They knew what I was like. So, But it was, it's a sense of mood thing. Do you know on that point, right? On that very point. Mm. And it's not funny joke. Out what? of context, either. No, it's, in it's context. a very serious side. But back in the day, to tell a joke before you ran out was almost taboo. Yeah, it was. So it's a brave thing from you. Mm. And I, when I was the captain, I used to swear a lot. I did swear a lot. And yeah. I always thought that the changing rooms before the game were, it was our domain. And if you came in there as a, you know, how the board members had come down, having drunk half a case of wine, all that stuff. If you came <laughs> into that domain, well, <laughs> you came. Under the understanding that there'll be some fruity language. Yes, I know. You've told the story before about you and the domain and people no, no, saying things. Yes, you have. You've what? told well the time that you had the bloke oh, the, yeah, no, no, the director up no, against no, the no, wall. That's different. That's and you had him in a half no, Nelson no, that turned into a full that's Nelson. Much different. <laughs> anyway, we're just new and I wasn't the only one. We're mm. doing the normal, you know, swearing, warm up, yep. gotta give the, the yeah, you yeah. know, blah blah blah. I didn't know that one of the directors had brought his grandkids. Oh out. no. Oh, no. All I see is him hurrying these two kids out the door. <laughs> and he goes, Hands over their ears. And so then I used to get into the, just before we ran down the race, right? Mm-hmm. It was get the boys in. And it was, oh, this is old school. Doesn't right. happen today. Now right. they do crack jokes and just walk around. But my style was, that was my time to give them a bit of the pump The up. rev up, yeah. yeah. And I used, sometimes I used to say to Rod Grinter, who was one of my best mates and, and, you know, half crazy as well. He'd have his eyes rolling back right. in his head. And I'd say, Ron, just stay there because I might punch you, all right? I might give you one. I might give you one in the chest. And he'd go, yeah, 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 I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. So I'd, sometimes I'd get in, I'd turn around, I'd go whack. And hit Rod in the chest for, for, <laughs> for effect. Actual, for actual effect. Did you ever go down the track of just trying to lighten the mood? Did Hang you ever on. sense that? Hang on. Okay. You cut me off. All right, I'm not trying to cut I you off. I had them in... In this particular game, it was You had him in the pump, They were just frothing, and I'd probably hit Rod three or four times, and his eyes, he had no teeth. He's right. going nuts. <laughs> He'd be listening. Good on your balls. <laughs> and anyway, I gave him the big rope. I said, let's get out and kill him. And they all roared. I turned around and hit the door and went bang. The door didn't open. <laughs> I went, Shit. <laughs> And I, I thought, I'm going to lose him. I've got him at the, I mean, got yeah, him at the pitch. So I turned back around. I gave him another serve. Yeah, 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 let's go. They went, rah, and I went, whack. <laughs> shaking the door. I'm getting frustrated. And I'm hearing this, 
<laughs> and they all start. Glenn Lovett Love starts laughing. Oh, no. And I'm just about to explode, and this old trainer come over, and he just click, undoes the latch, <laughs> door open, and I said, Right now, now we just <laughs> <laughs> We lost by 14 goals. <laughs> Did you ever tell a joke, though? Did never. You ever, I mean, that's that, that was humorous, but it wasn't intended. No, you know? no, never. I was the opposite. Did you never feel the thing around it that maybe it would be a good idea just to lighten the mood here a bit? Absolute. You'd sat. Absolute opposite. You'd opposite. spent too much time uh, with pants. That Swoop, was your problem. Swooper Northern. And Swooper as we well. We saw humour as a sign of weakness. Right. A sign of someone that wasn't switched on. Yes. Don't you dare smile. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No. Uh, so it is Wednesday today. It's uh, King's Birthday Monday was a couple of days ago. Massive yes. day at the MCG. You, you played a prominent role. And we thought, yeah, we thought we'd share because we've both got history with Neil Denner who – he has become the main figure of King's Birthday. If you're listening and you don't quite understand, Neil Danner's former great player, or if you're listening to us, you would right. know this, coach Melbourne, and then um, has was struck down with MND, which has got no cure. How long ago? Ten years? Nine years ago. Nine years ago. The, Nine, once you get diagnosed, the chances of you living beyond 18 months are very, very slim. 5% of people do what Neil's doing, and, and that is just – Dedicating his life to trying to find a cure for MND. Raised, I don't know, 40 million? 20? Yeah, I think it's in excess of that Something, now. Yeah. yeah, so two and a half million on yeah. Monday was raised. It's a slide. It's all the celebrities. You and I were involved with this from the word go when he thought, had this idea yep. where he came to us and said, oh, I've got this idea about going to the MCG and doing a slide. And we just looked at him and said, what? What are you talking about? But it, from there, it's grown. And anyway, it was, getting, it was massive on the weekend. We had... Um, uh, Mick Fanning, Mick Fanning, uh, Eric Banner, the Chief, the Chief Jason Shorey, Dunstall, Shorey, they all did a great Abby job. Abby Jomey, Finchie. They get dressed up and they go into the ice and it is to freeze MND and yep. it's to defeat the beast. And yep. Neil Danaher is just the most amazing inspiration. And he did a thing during the game. Before the game, the two teams, Collingwood and Melbourne, lined up and he walked between them in a like a guard of honour. And it was as we, it was unbelievable. If you were there and watched it, you couldn't help but have a – yeah, a tear, and um, I'm I wasn't sure. there. I wasn't there the day that EJ went around in the car yeah. prior to the game. I saw that on TV, but I wasn't there personally. But mm-hmm. I was there on Monday, as you were on Monday. I don't. I've never seen a more emotional tribute to anybody at the MCG. And at that stage, when he did that, was, most people were probably in their seats. So there's probably eighty thousand people there. Most of them wearing blue beanies, and all of them in awe of Neil Danner. And you know what? I'll I just give you an insight, okay? Because I, I sent him a text message yesterday about this very point because... It, and you just, and he, have, and I, and I'm not, we, do, we muck around a lot on the rabbit hole, but you and he are very close. And Well, um, no, not... not no, no, but in terms of communicating messages and you staying in touch with him, okay. it's been really great. I've loved watching it, so I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. No, but I don't want this to be about me in any it's way. It's not, but no. I'm putting context It is it. totally about him, and as you know, he is somebody that never really wanted the limelight or the publicity about anything. He's never craved that. He's never searched that. He's never wanted to be, even though he's been a player and a coach, he's never wanted to be a public figure. This forced him to do something that he would never have done without being diagnosed as having motor neurone disease and then seeing the need to market a, 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 find a solution to it through him 
forcing people to think about it yeah. and join force. Mobilize, he has mobilized the country. That's a much better word than, and a much better description. So, but I sent, I, and, and he is, he, he's not a, he's not really a touchy feely sort of a bloke. Know, and we'll get to that. To tell you that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> because you've experienced him as the coach. I experienced him as a teammate and a friend, but you, you saw said him, as a grumpy teammate. And he was a grumpy teammate. He was, and he, he, he acknowledges that, but I just sent him a text message the other day to say, look, I hope that you felt the love and affection that is out there in the community for you on Monday. Yeah. And he sent back a, te- a really nice text message back about that. He said, yeah, I, I did to the words of the effect. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, sometimes the public chooses somebody that they like, and sometimes they yep. choose the public chooses somebody that they don't. And in brackets, he had Megan Markle as that, <laughs> as that, as that person. <laughs> But you, you know what? I just, I just wanted him to feel it's, it's not. People are in awe of him, and I don't know that in the time that I've ever been associated in sports or in life, I've come across somebody that is universally. I mean, you talk about Ali, and you and I idolised him, and that that's sort of different in a way. But somebody you know, mm. who then has reached another level of acceptance by the community, but not just acceptance, but love and hero worship. And it's because there's three things I reckon about him. One is that he's completely and utterly and brutally honest. And you saw that as a player coached by him. Mm-hmm. He's authentic mm-hmm. in every way, absolutely authentic. And the other thing about him is he's completely selfless. Like there is nothing in this really for him because as you and I both know and everybody else knows, whatever they do, whatever breakthrough they may make during this period of time is not going to help him or save him in any way. No, it won't. He won't be here. And I think that's the other part of it, Wisp. You spoke about EJ in the lap, right? It's It's a greatest analogy you can come up with. And I was lucky to be playing in that game. And he was there before the game and we had to go and everyone in his sight had gone. Yeah. Spud famously yeah. was sitting next to him and, you, you know, as the players walk yes. up, he'd whisper in his ear, Spud would go, here come, uh, plugger's coming. And then EJ get him plugger and do the old stuff. Couldn't see. And then he did the lap and not long after passed away. The thing about this is we know that, and Neil brutally says it, he's not going to be here next year, the year after. It's, there's, we know there's an end date. Yeah. So we celebrate the now. Too often we go, let's do the celebration when someone's gone, right? For him to see that mm. before he leaves us, mm. it was, and I think that's what resonated with everyone. What we, we so often in retrospect go, oh, what a great man, what a beautiful man, what this, yep. what he meant to everyone. Well, he's getting to at least experience that right now. That's right. And that was a real... It, it was hard for him to even do what he did on Monday. Like people wouldn't have seen this, but he's got a carer now too. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, she was hovering around and just making mm. sure between the sliders that everything was okay. And, you know, he can't eat, he can't swallow, he can't drink. All those things now, he's like a bag of bones. If you actually, t- it, there's yeah. nothing left on his bone yeah. at the moment. And, you know, he can't use his arms, that type of thing. But you know what's happened? Like his mind is as razor sharp. Mm. In fact, it's probably sharper than it's ever been at any stage of his life. Mm. And that is such a cruel thing, isn't it? When everything else gets taken away from you and the thing that 
allows you to express whatever it is that you need to express, say whatever it is that you need to say, think whatever you need to think and be able to encapsulate really complex, difficult things. It's never been better in his mind, but everything else is just going in the opposite direction. So we're enormously grateful and thankful for technology. So he can communicate via this, you know, I don't profess to understand it, but he yep. did an interview with Hamish McLaughlin in the Herald Sun over a number of weeks where he can send an email by looking at letters. Yep. And, and and that would never have happened in the past. So yep. we can still get an insight into the way he's feeling, his humour that you just demonstrated with the Meghan Markle comment. Yep. That wouldn't happen in the past. So at least we've still got access to him and yes. his thoughts. And he's great. The way that he also explains really complicated and difficult things and even the idea of being somebody that never, ever wanted to ask for help. And he never yeah. would have been that person that would ask for help. And then he realised, okay, you know, if we're going to solve this MND puzzle, the more people we have out there mobilised to do that in terms of medical people that are actually being paid to find a cure for this, the better it's going to be. So that's why he got started on this campaign in the first place. He needed people to help. So, Mariano, if you've been listening to our podcast, you'll know that we don't get talk in this manner much, but we unashamedly are going to spend the first 20, 25 minutes on Neil because of the impact he's had on the the city, the country, us personally, um, and we want to share the thoughts with you. And I'm, I'm hoping you enjoy the insight because you've got a unique perspective. And I, I experienced him as a coach at his prime, right? Yeah. As his prime alpha, he okay. was a big, big, big personality. Yeah. And you might have thought one thing about him before he arrived, did you? But you were quickly you thought something completely differently well, about him after that first address. He was spoken about as a prospective coach almost from the moment because his footy career got cruelly cut short. If you didn't know, he was going to be an unbelievable – it was an unbelievable player. was going to be a great player. but He was going to be a superstar. And Kevin Sheedy named him as captain yes. when he was 20, 21 years of age, which was extraordinary In amongst the all your great teammates, they 100%. said he's the man, which yeah, yeah. gave you an insight. He comes and takes over. We finish so bad, 87, last, no good, down the bottom, last. So he takes over. He gets the job, right? We go, Neil Danaher, Neil didn't know much about him. He'd been at, you know, Frio on West Coast and comes over. He got us in a room on our first ever meeting and he looked at us and we're all sitting there. No one really knew what was going on. He just goes, it's not that bad. I know we're down the bottom and we're last, but it's not that bad. And he starts laughing. Hey, why aren't you smiling, you blokes? And we're going, oh, we've got a lunatic. <laughs> We've got a loony on our team. And he's going, we are, we are bad. We're the terrible team. We're going to get to work early. And so he said, we're going to start training earlier than anyone has ever trained. And we're going to get to you know. So he energised us. Yeah. And I'd been. Was uh, there a motivation associated with that energisation? 100%. Though, because yeah. he wasn't scared of the challenge. Yeah. Like we were shit. We were shit out. Yeah. We were horrible. We won four games. Right? Yeah. And un did you feel that you were unprofessional as well as a group? Well, it got away from us. Um, Barmy was the previous coach who I loved and loved and loved. but he, A different style. He didn't drive discipline that hard, Barmy. Yep. His strength was the other way. So, And I was a captain, right? So I hadn't played for two years. I played eight games in two years because of my back. And he's looking around the room and he's saying, you know, you this and you're that. And he, and he saw Stephen Tingo was the same. He goes, Gazza, you two, you and Stinger. He goes, I know you've been riding your bike. You've been riding your bike for two years. Throw your bike out, mate. We'll find out whether you can run or not. I know you're back stuffed, but, you know, you're not going to learn to learn your bike. We, we bought $1,200 bikes. <laughs> so anyway, no more bike riding. No more swimming in the pool. He said, get out. And if you get, he said to me anyway, which I needed to hear. He said, if you're going to break down, right. break down properly. Right. So we just trained. So you stopped wearing Lycra to training? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Straight away.
And then the next so conversation. What, hang on. What, what effect did that have on you? That was great. It was freedom for me because right. he said, look, you've only played eight games in two years. You might as well find out if you can play footy again. So train, run, do all this stuff. And if you break down and your back's and that, because I'd had major surgery. Yep. So it was great. And I needed to hear it. So I did it. And I was training all right and getting through everything. And then I did a calf like about four weeks out for the start of the year. So then he comes in and says, righto, like in his own way. And I've been captain for seven years. Yeah. Eight years, seven years. I need a captain. He's looking me in the eye. I need a captain who's going to play. And I'm looking at him going, yeah. Just you and he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, so you work out and let me know. He goes, you haven't played. And you got a calf now, so you let me know. So I'm thinking, shit. <laughs> I went off. And he was right. So I went back in. I said, mate, I, I've, I can't guarantee you're going to play. So let's get someone else. So then Todd Viney was appointed captain, which was a big thing, you know, like I coveted that role a yeah, lot. Yeah. And that was great as well. Todd had a great year. We played and we played in the prelim that year. His first year was in a prelim from bottom. Massive impact. Massive impact. So what, what, how would you then describe the relationship you had with coach? Because you had a great relationship with Barmy as yep. coach and captain. Yep. Did you feel that Neil was on your side or not on your side then at that time, the way that he handled you? Now, that is a great question. He, I felt he was looking at me going, you know, I know you're important to this yeah. club because of the role you've played, yeah. but you're only going to be important to me if you're playing. That, and that's pretty hardcore, right? And we did the first training session, or one of our first early training sessions, and Stinger and I had been in the gym doing our weights yep. as we come back, and we walked out onto the ground and just started having little kicks by the boundary. Right. And they're doing their hardcore training. Right. Anyway, he stopped training, and he he looked at us and he said, "Gather, Stinger. Excuse my language. Fuck off if you're not training." And and the I was the yeah I was the captain right. the leader. And, and this wasn't a joke. No. He wasn't trying so to be funny. So his message was this. Yeah. You're no good to me. If you're not playing, you're no good to me. So get off and get yourself right to play. Otherwise, you're not you're not in the picture. And that's a that's really hard lesson to learn. But it was the best thing ever for me to learn at that stage of my career. That is a big. I know we're being uh, very serious with that very conversation serious. today, but that is a big risk to take with a new coach coming in. And speaking like that to the leader and a yeah. guy that's been the recognised yeah. leader of that team for that's a, a long time, point. it could have gone. It could have gone either way here. It's a very. I good mean, point. had you not been, had you been of a different personality, and you might have said, "Okay, well, yeah, this bloke he doesn't know what he's talking about." You could have influenced. I know your personality. You could have influenced players to go in the opposite direction as to oppose to the direction he wanted to take everybody. And maybe if we're coming off successful years, and I'd played for you know two games, I might have had that attitude. But I'm thinking, well. Hey, he's right. I haven't played for two years. We've been shit out for two years. So let's get off. So mean thing. We, we had a laugh. We sort of looked at each other and went, what the hell? And the Oric and you know, Glenn Lovett and Todd and all those blokes are going, Jesus, great message. So he put everyone on that. Everyone so was on that. He said, you're all, there's no, yep. I'm not playing favourites here. No, no. Exactly I'm not right. playing favourites. Exactly right. I'm going to be doing that to your captain who you love yeah. and who is the leader of this group. And I know what you've all been through under him, but I'm not That's playing right. favourites here. You summed it up beautifully. And then the rest of the, so then the rest of the group knew exactly where they stood. This is what he expects. This is it. Um, and away we went. Well, you played 21 games in that first year under him. When was your retirement then? Oh, yeah. 
So then I, so we got to the prelim and lost. Yes. So whether I played another year or not was going to be debatable. And um, so we went and had the discussion. He said, oh, look, you know, I kicked 40, I think I kicked 44 goals or something, 40 odd goals. Right. So I was, you know, I was pulling my weight and he said, How oh, many points? How many behinds? Two. <laughs> How many, how many post-clearance <laughs> contested balls did you win? So I signed on the go again for another year because I thought we were close enough to win a flag. That right. was the reason. Okay. Right? And, I, and I got through okay. What year is this? This is 1998. So right. 1999 comes around, pre-season starts. I'm doing that. We had a practice match up in the bush and I, me and Todd drove the day before yep. to sleep and my back, I did my back because I'd had the back surgery. I woke up the morning after my back was gone, pulled out of the practice match didn't play, couldn't play. Only played two games in the middle of the year and then retired. And he came. I, I was doing training. I played two games and I hurt myself again. I was trying to come back again. I did a training run, and I went to pick up the ball and it was bobbling around. I couldn't pick it up, and you just felt, you felt the whole training slowly slide to a stop. And it felt like everyone's just looking at you trying to pick this footy out, right? And I was that embarrassed. Handballed it off and just walked off because I realised I was a, I was. Um, Dragging it, down training. Okay, but in that moment, did you realise you were done yep. as a player too? In that, in that moment. I walked off and said, I'm at the point now where I'm compromising training. When I, I bought a beer on the way home, sat at a footy ground at Bourne and Footy Goval and had the beer and, and got it in my own mind. Walked, drove in, said to my wife at the time, I'm retiring. That's it. I can't play. And I hadn't. I hadn't spoken to anyone. Neil rings me because he used to live around the corner. Yeah. He, go, he knew. I think he knew. Yeah. He goes, I'm coming around. I'm coming around. So he could go. Oh, yeah, did he bring a beer? I don't know if he did, but he came around and we sat at the table. I said, that's it, mate. We're yeah. over. He goes, good decision. He didn't try and talk you out no. of it? No. <laughs> good <laughs> decision. Did you want him to try and talk you out no, of no, it? No, no. I was cooked. I was done. Because he's matter of fact. It was easy for me. Yeah. I was physically cooked, yeah. so I didn't need him to talk. To, to and he said, "No, you you made the right call. You squeezed it dry, and and that was it. Go." About an hour later, four of my mates turned around, and we did get nicely whacked. And did you ever have a a post conversation with him? Post that conversation, I, I coached the next year with him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the the it didn't it didn't damage a, a relationship. No, no, no. I was you wouldn't have ever had the friend relationship with him. No, never that? friends. No. Oh, well, no, but. No, no, you've got a friendly relationship yeah, yeah. now. But at that time, though, it would have been very much coach and player. No, but grateful. So forever grateful that I had a strong enough coach to yeah. hit me between the eyes with the reality of where I was at, support me in the decision to not that the career's over. And then he came back. He said, right, so Jimmy, me, and Todd all retired at the same time. Yeah. He said, I need to stay around to help with these new kids. So I did the forward line, Jimmy did the ruck, Todd did the midfield, stayed through 2000 and we played in the grand final. Got, we got the group in the grand final. Were you surprised then when he left Melbourne, when Melbourne and he finally departed ways, were you surprised that he never got another senior yeah, coaching 100%, position? Yeah, 100%. Because when he was you go back and, coach. That's right. But when you go back and examine it now, it just doesn't make sense, does it, that he wasn't appointed no. anywhere post-Melbourne? It does not. And the Essen job came up at, during that period of time yeah. as well. And he could easily have been appointed. Kevin Sheedy was pushing really hard for him to be appointed that time. Reading that article he did with Hamish, the lessons that he would learn, I'm not sure whether they had materialised in his own mind at that stage compared to what they are now. Like he talked, I wish I'd stopped to smell the rose. I yep. wish I'd stopped to be more appreciative and all that sort of stuff. He was still a hard ass when he left Melbourne. 
Mm. And he was co- uncompromising, like to the point where it had worn a few players down, I think. Mm. Whether he could make the change then to, to put more empathy into his coaching at the next group, that would have been the difference between him being a premiership coach, I, I think. Because he, he could drive standards. He would yep. drive standards. But as you know, you've got to take the modern, more modern-day player along for the ride. Have you ever thought about why the performances under him at Melbourne were so yo-yo? Like up one year, down the next, up one year, down the next? Um, because it's a, really un- it's a really interesting graph when you look at the time that he was at yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. There was well, – so in my time, in 88 prelim, 99 down the bottom, yeah. that was a lot of injuries, a lot of transitioning from an older group. Yeah. which I was one, and Todd and Jim and yeah. Brett Lovett and all those blokes finishing, and then the newer group taking over. But they emerged quickly. Neats, Schwartz, Farmer, Jeff White, Wowood, and all those blokes. When I think the older blokes left, they thought, right, now I've got to step up. What happened after that? I, I don't really know. I'm not, I don't, can't remember. I've got a shocking memory. But um, it was. It was up and down, up and down. Was he a great motivating coach? Yeah. yeah. Did he have – He had a fear he, he liked he theme, fear factor. He liked themes though too, didn't he? <coughs> Am I right in saying that? Like the wildebeest and all that oh, sort of yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved all those stories. He told us those ones really early about, you know, whether you're a wildebeest or, a, or an antelope. <laughs> the wildebeest the, – yeah, the crocodile would jump on mm. the back of the wildebeest. The wildebeest would just – Stand up, and never yield. And, yeah. yeah, just shake the crocodile off. Whereas he reckons, he reckons the antelope, you know, the crocodile walk up and the antelope would look at it and just lie down. <laughs> Say, all right, eat me. <laughs> so he said, don't be antelopes. You were going to be wildebeest. <laughs> so he loved all that. It was great, and you can see the way the players like he's. So my, I only had the year and a half with him, but David Neitz was his captain yes. for a long time. They he loves very him. close. Mm. Hoppy and all that group, really, really close. So. So I know it's a bit more serious than we normally would go down when we're lighting up now, but um, we love Neil. We do. Great, great moment that's going to remain in the history of the game alongside the EJ lap. We're in awe of him. Yep, he's our hero. We are in awe of him. You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. Uh, you are indeed. Great to have you with us, uh, Rabbit Hole. This is from my son, Thomas, who's a smart ass. This, uh, by its very nature, means that we can go wherever we want, Riz. Like exactly. A little Rabbit Hole, jump down that one, hop into another one. That's right, and I'm about to do that too. I, don't, I haven't given you any time to think about this, but which body part are you most happy with? Your body part. <laughs> what? It's leading somewhere, but which, uh, if I was part? to say, okay, which part of your body? Well, my hair. Yeah. I thought you'd say that. Because I'm not losing it? No, I thought you'd say that. We talked about this last and week. And you have no empathy for people who no, are losing well, it. You think it's funny when people lose no, their don't, hair. I don't. Because you don't have to worry about it. Well, I don't understand the pressures around it. We spoke about it last yeah, week. Yeah, we did. And clearly you're still thinking about it. I'm only thinking about it because I was talking to um, not my hairdresser, but one of the makeup people that uh, work on me, I know you'd be surprised to know that uh, people do work on me to get me to look the way that I do, but I've got a couple of people there that are very handy. Couple. With, a couple of people that are very handy uh, in the like hair department, the makeup department. I was <laughs> talking to her about this and about how much time people were spending. She had gone at the weekend to do a uh, hairdressing conference up in Sydney, and it was about – and I said, what was it all about then? What were they doing? She said, oh, you know, they're teaching us how to style mullets. And I said, what? She said, you know, there's a new cut for a mullet. And I said, what's the next trend? And she said, you know, it'll be cutting designs into your scalp and stuff like that. Like, because barbers, the barber shop person has taken off. Like their business is like it's never been before. Because when you think about the hairstyles now, mm. you know, people are going back like weekly 
to have a fresh cut and a style and that type what of thing. about Nick Dacos and all those blokes yes. who have got a, like an inch above the ear that goes and tapers into the V? Yeah, Him exactly. And Maynard. That's right. You know they do those with clippers, right? They, they use clippers like the old barbers used to use. His. Do they do that themselves, do they? No, not them. No, they, I don't know if they do. No, but they go to a barber shop. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They, yep. they, they won't have eight pairs of scissors lined up. They'll have eight different clippers. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's what it's uh, an art. Well, yeah. it, well, that, you wouldn't know that. No, but that's exactly what I'm but saying. You don't understand she that. said this is an art form <laughs> yeah. now that's being taught, and there's a female version of the mullet too. So it's about sort of the gradient stuff like that. Look. I was looking also at the Giles Elwood stuff. He's doing an ad. Okay, I want to ask you this question because. <laughs> This is a serious question. The okay? serious question. What? You love Joel. I love Joel. We yeah. admire him greatly. Okay. Mm. He's doing, he's an ambassador now and he does ads and he would be paid by Mosh and he's a believer in Mosh. Okay. Oh. Now that's a product that you take and that will improve. It, this is what they say in advertising that it will improve your hair growth. How? It, it grows back. Yeah. But what do you, do you do like a shampoo or is it a tablet mm. or is it a plug? No, I think, the, no, no, no. It's a tablet. It's, it's like a tablet. You, you take it in oral form. Well, if I took it, I'd turn it into a walk, walkie, walkie, <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> don't slip one into my coffee. No, I won't be doing that. I won't be doing that because- I don't think it's a tablet. Well, I think it is. You don't rub it on your head. It's not something that you actually- I think it is. It's not a lotion. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's not a lotion look because I've spoken to- No, I've spoken to Brooksy, Duck. look it up. Please. I've spoken to Wayne Carey Find about Find out this. what mosh is. Is it a tablet or is it a- Anyway, oil. I'm, I'm, getting to, I'm getting to where I wanted to go. Right, okay. And that is- yeah, quick. I watched. No, I don't need to be. It's a podcast. We're not in a hurry. I was watching, I was sitting there watching TV yesterday. Mm. I allow myself a little bit of time in the afternoon, have a little mat, a little matinee, a little lie down, that type of thing, and this sort of puts me to sleep. And I was watching the Joel Selwood mosh ad came up on the TV, mm. and I'm thinking, you know, I know why they went after him. I know why Mosh went after him because, because he's going bald. Yes, but because of the way that he played football and he's standing right. in the football community. Yes. Yep. If you were his manager, though, this is the point. If you were his manager and they came to you with this proposition, do you think something like that is good for his brand? Yeah, I do. Right? Why? Because we talked about this last week. It's been demystified and be it's been destigmatized, and he is the epitome of the modern day young man who he's not going to just let father time like some. Don't point at me. <laughs> like some who have just accepted that it's too late. But the modern youngster says, no, if I can do something, I will. And regardless of how macho and how you know, right. tainted it might have been in the past, if Joel's, if it's good, this is what the marketing is in right. the end. If it's good enough for Joel Selwood, it's good enough for anyone. Yes. That's right. what the market, in fact, is that the motto? No. It should it's be. Not, it's not. Sure, mate, but you, 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 you mock People who, who? Are, you mock people who are no, losing Tim. their hair. No, well, why no. do you call me Wisp then? I don't mock. Why, them. why do you call me Wisp? No, I acknowledge them. I acknowledge that they're losing your, their your, hair. Your acknowledgement to some may mean mocking. <laughs> Only to you. I feel mocked. You love the Wisp. You call <laughs> I, yourself the Wisp. I like the Wisp, but I don't <laughs> like the reasons and the origins behind how I arrived at the Wisp. So Mosh have got everything. Moisturizer, shampoo, tablets, prescription tablets. So yeah, that's, that's what he, that's what got. that's what that's what you take the prescription tablets. Yeah, right. Did you have any fallout from last week's rabbit hole? Where you, 
I got it out of you. You weren't going to uh, volunteer it where you told us that Luke Hodge dyed his hair uh, burnt caramel. No, I haven't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but let's not. Ba- I I ran ha- it- I, hey, I haven't, but let's not back over oh, it. No, okay? let's. I ran it past Jordan Lewis. He was staggered. Was he? Oh, he was, was very he? excited about it. Can I just say that now that I'm looking at you, you reminded me of something too, and that is your. The scrotum vanishing cream from oh. Kiehl's that you've been using. It's unbelievable how those. Tim, that's not called the scrotum vanishing cream. You're going to lose your scrotum. That people will not. You, you said the skin under your eyes is as sensitive as, as your scrotum, which I don't. I wouldn't. You have not got a wrinkle left under Rod your eye. I'm just looking at you again. Case. He texted me. He said, Can you please anyway, it's good not stuff. talk about scrotum cream? All we need to crashed. know. All we need to tell people when. Not sure that Phyllis is going to run out and buy any, but it 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 works. Well, that's our grooming tip of the of because we're going to have a weekly grooming tip. And next is it next week we're going to right. introduce our specialist. And Father's Day's around the corner too. Father's Day. Yeah, around the corner. I'm just thinking about this product. Well, what well, is wanna, what is your grooming tip well, this week? I wanted to throw this out there. Right, waxing, for, or for men, or trimming with. I used the, to do that the, all the time in primary school. What? I'd take the mark and I'd handball it to one of my mates with and air wax. No, a lot of men mm. now wax their eyebrows. Mm. They wax their back. Mm. The, the nurry, they, they go the whole lot these days. <laughs> you know that. I don't. You do. No, you're telling me something I'm not aware of. You told me your son in law does all that stuff. I, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, your did son in law told you that his workers do, or something you told me. Yeah, no, a lot of people do. A lot okay. of people do that. Yeah. So the Particularly ex- when they're going on holidays. It's sort of like a pre barley ritual. No, if you're a hairy person, and I'm a hirsute person. You are. No, I haven't got a hair on my back, thankfully, which is a nice. Well, I'm going to break this to you. <laughs> no, you haven't. can't see your back, but you have. No, but I haven't. But if I did, if I had a hairy back. What would you do? I'd get it lasered all off. How long does the laser and, treatment last, though? Well, I think you got to keep going back. Like, you go back a number of times, and then it won't grow back. As I understand it, I've right. asked Nikki about all this. Right. Side effects? Men who have got a hairy back will wax. Right. I, I think that's what they do, but it grows back. Right. So my grooming tip is, right. if you're concerned about a hairy back, yep. get it lasered. I've done that. I've done that. Not what? the laser treatment. I've done a little bit of the waxing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just a little bit. Where? Because this is the thing, it doesn't upset you because you can't see it, but if you have a significant other who's then forced to see it so Susie, while you're sunbaking, then... Susie said to you, listen, Chewbacca. I didn't say it was Susie. What? Brando. <laughs> it upsets my dog. <laughs> anyway, I'm being serious he, about this. He's a malter too. Uh, that's what men, the modern, that's a the good modern male... Is and don't, a, feel, don't feel embarrassed about it. That's no, the thing. They're a groomer. They like to groom these days, the modern male. Yeah. They'll trim and, and you know make sure they're nicely buffed up. I think there's mobile, um, mobilised mobile groomers that, out there too. That's for your oh, dog. That's for your dog. I've seen them parked there. Anyway, so. next week we're, getting a, we're going to speak to a... What? A beautician? <laughs> We yes. talk about some of the about stuff about some of the avenues that are open to the modern yeah. male, and yeah. don't be embarrassed about. It. Look, you get all funny about it. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You do. Hundred percent, I don't. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it next week. Okay. Right. Have we got a farm tip this week too? Yeah, well, let's get to it. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over forty years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Had a couple of issues. Yeah. Uh, 
down the uh, farm this week. You haven't been burying your cash again, have you? No, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I got a message saying we're baiting for foxes at the moment. Right, yeah, and no, I get those too for wild dogs. Are you worried about your dog, Brando, running through the bush and eating some bait? Nah, yeah, we have worried about that from time to time because yeah. he does take off sometimes. And he has come back from the farm a couple of times, or farm the property a couple of times, and he's had a bit of a tummy upset and that type of thing. But uh, they do always let you know. They always send yeah. out a notification to say that they've been baiting wild dogs down our area. There's a lot of wild dogs. Wild dogs? Wild dogs, yeah. Really? Yeah. Out in the bush. Well, this is for foxes where I am. And then I drove into the, um, the other day and there's a, there was a, an Australian sheep cattle dog just going nuts on the property, run, chasing the kangaroos and running around. Next to your place? No, on my property. On your place. Though. And I thought, oh, that's strange. And I looked out with, because a lot of people walk their yep. dog up and down, no one around. And so I got on the buggy and chased, not, I didn't want to chase this dog, but I wanted to see if it had a tag or whatever. And it ran off. Anyway, the next day I went for a walk through the bush and there's a young um, girl walked through and said, oh, you haven't seen a dog, have you? Um, we've lost our dog four days ago. I said, oh, I thought she meant on this walk. I yeah. said, not really. She goes, oh, it's a black and white cattle dog. I said, oh, I saw that dog. It was on my property yesterday. And yeah. She started crying. Oh, no. Because she thought that it had eaten the bait. Oh. She thought it had eaten the fox bait. Right. And, and that's why they hadn't seen it. Yeah. But no, I said, no, it, was, well, it wasn't. I'm not sure. Hopefully they found it. Um, right. But it, it was up on our property. So... Um, which got me to thinking, because I, I drove, and then I do the lap of the farm just to see what's going on. Mm. Truce trees are down. There's a big kangaroo dead. Oh, do you think the dog got the kangaroo? No. Oh, okay. They, don't, they wouldn't eat the bait, would they? What do you mean? The kangaroo wouldn't eat the fox baits. Uh, they eat no, grass. they're not meat eaters. No. no, no, no. Well, no. I didn't think that then. Anyway, I had a big dead kangaroo, and it was oh. pretty stiff, because it obviously been there for a few days. So what do I do? Mm, you got to dig a hole and bury it then. Well, it's a big hole. Right. Well, you, you didn't get the chainsaw out and cut up into pieces, did you? <laughs> what do you think I am, Walter White? You <laughs> didn't, did you? Breaking Bad. You didn't, did you? I got the got the Kubota right. and dug a big hole and did a ceremonial burying. Right. How deep did you bury it? Pretty deep. Right. And I put him in the – he was heavy, heavy, heavy kangaroo. I wouldn't have been able to move it otherwise. Put no, they're the, big. They're, they're big I put animals, it in the bucket. Well, yeah. They're big animals. Well, they're not necessarily big animals. Well, you, know, full gr- you said it was a full grown I said it was big. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's but, a big. That's a big kangaroo. So anyway, I buried it. In, that's and that's my farming tip for the week. So your farming tip for the week is if you find a dead. <laughs> I haven't done much farming this week. <laughs> if you find a dead kangaroo, yes. <laughs> dig a hole with your kubota yeah. and bury it. That's right. Okay, let's be a little bit more. How far down did you bury it? Uh, I think there needs to be more of a tip associated with Far it. enough to, well, because it's long. Yeah. By the time you've got to get the tail in. Yeah. So you got to dig you, have, you got to dig a wide hole. A big hole, yeah. So depth not so important. Yeah. Width is. Because when they're stiff and they've been dead for a while, they're hard to... F- you can't you get, flop them in. Well, unless you... you can't got, fold them in. You, I was worried that you might have... You put the, the chainsaw out. And no, Tim. Just trim. I wouldn't do that. Buried a trimmed. No, <laughs> no I didn't trim. Did it. you need? A, no. You need a lot of permits down your way. Do you need a permit <laughs> to, bu- to bury a kangaroo? No. So the tip is: don't go too deep, but go wide. Wider, yeah. That's your tip. For Good the tip. Good tip. And use a kubota. Thanks. Quick fire rabbit holes for TJM. Handle anything with XGS premium suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. 
Let's do a few quickies to finish off. A few quick fire. Don't go all the way into the hole. Just stick your head in, see what's kicking around. There's a, f- a lot of feedback on the your Chimp Empire observations after you listened to the podcast about the guy who produced it and the, the interesting chimp that stood off to the side and you, you called him Mike Sheen. I had a lot of feedback to that who just kept talking to the other female chimps. Good or bad? Interesting. Just interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I don't have any feedback from Mike. No, no. These are just observations, though. No. We're neither right nor wrong. No. Uh, your relationship with the MCC, I know you were there for lunch on Monday for the yes. King's birthday yes. game. Yes, Is I it was. good, solid, rock solid? Uh, yeah, no. We Melbourne Footy Club, obviously the original tenant of the Melbourne Cricket Ground, so we have a great relationship with the MCC, yes. I'm just asking for somebody that I know who's never been there in that uh, environment. How, how does one get an invitation there? You're talking about the committee room. Yes, the committee room. How does one get an invitation? Have you not been there? No, this. Well, I, I've. Have been, you been in the committee room? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's not for me though. It's for somebody that I know who would like to go. I don't know whether the wisp. Is it a silver tail sort of a type <laughs> getup? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of puff noses there. Yeah? <laughs> no, Tim. <laughs> Not at all. You didn't see one puff nose. No puffers there. They are the, the MCC committee. You all have, if you're on the committee, mm. you have a table each, right? Where you can invite guests, right? So once I wind down this so-called media career, mm. I, I wouldn't mind being a committeeman of right. the MCC. And if in ten years' time I get there, and that's mm. a big if, I may think about inviting you. I think that's your best chance. Do you get a special blankie to take yeah. outside with you and lay yeah, in your lap? It's unbelievable. Yeah. You get in there. Is get, it embroidered with your you name? Food by Guy Grossi. You have a beautiful meal. Fred Oldfield is the president, makes a little welcoming speech. Mm. Then you go out into your seat with a little blanket, watch the first half, come back in, scones, jam, cream, little party pies and sausage rolls, some finger food, mm-hmm. and, and a, then a Bailey's yes. or a port. At what stage during the luncheon did the gentlemen excuse themselves to the library for a cigar? <laughs> Nick, well, I'll tell you what I did. I was busting to go to the toilet, and this is the, what it's famous for. Right. You go to the toilet, and there is a – like a, well, not somebody there to hold for you. <laughs> <laughs> and shake. Someone holds someone. No. The same person? <laughs> no, different. <laughs> different. One on well, the, there's a shaker in the, the hole. One on the left, one on the right, and a zip, there's a zipper up. A three. <laughs> there's a shaker, a hole, and a zipper up. Yes, there is. And a tucker. Oh. Anyway, as you go doing your wee, there's a, it's famous, there's mm. a window <laughs> in front of you. So you never miss a minute of the action. While you're doing, going to the toilet, there's a big no. window that looks out over the whole ground. Uh, this is true. Are you 100% fair? Have, have you not heard I've this? never been in there. I've never heard this story before. No, this is the famous part of it. Right. So yeah. is it, uh, are, all, are all the, are all the stalls? Not all of them, no. No, there's only, there's one. one. So the stall that has the shaker. <laughs> the zipper, the, 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 the hold of the shaker and the zipper. They gather and you just watch the uh, game. Wow. Oh. And then they go, done, Mr. Lyon. <laughs> and then you walk off. <laughs> so you were there to half time. I went back eight times to twice. <laughs> <laughs>
That's extraordinary way anyway, to watch was, the game, isn't it? Was, yeah, it was a beautiful. I'll tell you what, you got to get me an invite. I'll get you in there. Get I'll, me I'll in talk there. to Fred when he comes get back. Me He's in gone there. over to see the MCC. He's going to watch the Ashes. When he comes back, I'll have a word. He might be going over there to see if he can't find some international holders. Or <laughs> <laughs> shakers. Um, did you see the um, the Denver Nuggets got up? Yeah, they did. Yep. They did. Uh, Jokic, uh, superstar player, an absolute what? superstar, but nice and laid back. That's what I like about it. What about him. that audio you played on our radio? Yep. Like he, he's dominated, won the player of the series. Should have yep. been the MVP in the yep. whole league. They win the title. Where's he from? He's from Serbia. Right. So they go, you know, the press, he's doing a press, he's going, mm. oh, this is great. You know, you're the number one player. How good is it going to be? He's going, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. He goes, oh, you're going to celebrate with the parade? Yep. And then you hear him go, no. Well, then you hear him go, when is the parade? And they go, Thursday. No. Going home. He won't, he's not hanging around. No, he's got a horse race. He's, he's, got, he's got one in the in the first he's at got a, uh, Serbia. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a trotter in the first race. <laughs> it's a Serbian national. Uh, it's a big race. Must be a big It's a big race. Big, big race. Hey, uh, were you disappointed that you were named uh, the second highest paid AFL media performer in the weekend by Boy, he, one of your old mates, um, Brownie? Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown, yeah. Where do you do this? On Triple M. Well, I'm only disappointed it didn't get fact-checked. Did, was it fact-checked? Well, I don't think it was fact-checked. Well, I'm not listening to it then. If it's not fact-checked, I'm not even going to take your question. Well, James Brayshaw was number one. You were number two. I'm... I think that's great. Congratulations. Was, it, was there any of his colleagues in the room when he was talking about this that could have fact-checked it? Well, I don't know whether your old mate Damo was there or not. He, he could have been. He if, might have well, been. Well, if it's not fact-checked, it's not worth talking about. How close to the real figures were they? I think How they much had was it? 1.2 they had you earning. Miles off. <laughs> Miles off. Light or heavy? <laughs> Light. <laughs> um, no. No, no, I'm only joking. Hey, did John O'Brown drop in for dinner the other night after your little show? Turn it up. I thought it was going to be a regular. Yeah, see how much he ate? (laughs) See how much lamb is these days? Once a month. And the bottle of wine he bought was not commensurate with the cost of the dinner. (laughs) No, I hear that was re-gifted, actually. He'll be back. Hey, that's the rabbit hole. Hope you enjoyed it. Love talking about Neil. Love sharing our thoughts uh, about Neil down here with you, Whispers. Uh, Have the rest of the day off. Thank you. We will talk to you again next week. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.